For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Joshua's Leadership Training Program, Part 2. If you want to open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 17, verse number 8 is where we'll begin. Exodus chapter 17, verse number 8 is where we'll begin. As we're looking at the principles and what Joshua did in his life and how God used him, He didn't start out as a leader. He started out as a servant. And if you're going to be a a leader for God, you're going to have to do the same thing. You're going to have to start as a servant. So look with me now at Exodus chapter 17, verse number 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand, So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and fought with Amalek, and Moses, Aaron, and Ur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat there on an Aaron and Ur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the one on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. I guess so. If you get hit with the edge of the sword, you're going to be discomforted too. Are you not? But Moses, who uh, Joshua was taking his direction from, his orders from, it was from Moses. It was from who God had in his life that was directing him. And maybe maybe Joshua didn't realize it at first, that he was learning and being trained uh, by Moses. I'm sure somewhere along the lines he picked that up. But do you? Do you know where God has you? Do you know who you're supposed to be learning from? Who you should be following? Who the God-ordained leaders are in your life? If if a person was to attempt to describe Joshua, uh, I think most people, most preachers, most great scholars would say he was a great general. And it even said the tactics of Joshua has been studied by many military students. The science of war. In other words, at plenty of prestigious places they've studied Joshua, including West Point Military Academy. Why? Because Joshua's military strategies were genius, but he didn't come up with all of them. And we'll look at that in a little bit. 
someone showed him what to do. Someone told him what to do. Did, did Joshua have great leadership ability? Absolutely. God gave him that. And God gave him what he needed along the way. And God will do the same in your life. So several times Joshua was commanded by Moses to fight. We never see where Joshua said, I'm not going to do that, or I'm disdained, or, or balk, or scoff at the order that Moses had given Joshua to fight. Because that, that says a lot. He didn't tell him to go take out the trash, or go fix a truck, or go mow the field. No, we're talking about going to war with swords, hand-to-hand -hand combat where you could be killed in an instant. But Joshua followed and obeyed the orders of his leader, Moses. Joshua, he was, he was willing to follow God's man into dangerous, life-threatening situations that, that put him in great personal danger because he was down there with his army uh, fighting the battle. There's a good reason that the Christian life is called a warfare, and it is. It's a war. It's not fought with hands. It's not fought with flesh and blood. Uh, but it is a warfare, and it's called that for a good reason. So one characteristic is that uh, that's being tied. That's a soldier term, warfare. Why? Because if you're saved, if you're a Christian, you're in a war, whether you want to be or not. If you're born again, washed in the blood, and the Holy Spirit lives within you, you are in a war. And the demons, the demons know who God's people are. The devils know who God's people are. They know who's really saved. They can see the spiritual world. Me and you cannot. Uh, we cannot tell. We can see the fruits of what comes out of someone's heart in their life, by their actions, by their words, by their attitude, by their demeanor. But we can't see their heart. We can't see the spiritual side. But those devils and demons, oh, they can see who's real, who really belongs to God, who's really saved, who's really born again. They know who to attack. Martin Luther said this, the great reformer, where the battle rages is where the loyalty of the soldier is proved. Where the battle rages, that is where the loyalty of the soldier is proved. When one goes in and fights all the way to the end, and that's what you've got to do in this Christian life. I just heard a message about the mile, the last mile, and it was so good. The last mile is the hardest. So many fall off the lap, fall off the track, or jump off the track. And the last mile in the Christian life and the Christian warfare. Why? Because the last mile is the hardest. The last mile is the longest. The last mile is the most tiring. And so where the wherever the battle rages, like Martin Luther said, that's where the loyalty of the soldier lies. Where does your loyalty lie? Does it does it lie in your checkbook, in your spouse, in a church, in a denomination, in a title? Or do you put all your loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ? Because that's what's right. You see, all those other things are good, but it first comes to you being loyal to the battle, the loyal to the Lord Jesus Christ. Then everything else will fall into place. Why? Because that is the order that God has put it in. Uh, as a wise man told me, he said, a, a real sailor is not made in a calm sea. A real sailor is made in the midst of a storm. And that's so true in the Christian life. You really find out what you're made of. God may bring some things up that you didn't even know was in your heart so that you could deal with them. 
and I'm guilty of this, and I can, and I'll say it. I, I acted this way because this happened in my life, and I use that as an excuse, and that's not an excuse. That's a character flaw that God showed me. I need to work on. I need to fix. And can I just say, every one of us has a character flaw of some sort or another. Some have many, some have few, but we all have them, and all of them go real deep. Why? Because that sin nature goes real deep in your flesh. Joshua was a great military leader. Joshua conquered 31 kings and 10 cities in his military career. That is amazing. And listen, God's men have continually been willing to go into conflict, just as David did when he went and fought Goliath. As he went down where his brothers were and the king and his people, and they're all standing around with their hands in their pockets. But David said, I'll fight him. Isn't there a cause? You know, the Christian you, you are faced with a choice of being either a spectator or a participant in the battle each and every day. That's why Paul said, I die daily. And a lot of times the battle is who you're looking at in the mirror. It's your own self. I know that's the person that gives me the most trouble. It's the person I look at the mirror at every day. That guy, he gives me the most trouble. But it's a battle that I have to fight. It's a choice. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to choose. I am going to fight. I am going to show. I'm going to even show my own self where my own loyalty lies in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even in my own self, sometimes some of the things that have happened, I've realized how deep I truly trust God. Because sometimes horrendous things happen. And wherever you turn to, wherever you put your trust in, that's who you're following. That's where your loyalty lies. It, it, you have to wonder, if somebody falls and you fall with them, you say, well, I just give up. Well, who are you really following? Where did your loyalty really lie? Let's just be honest. If your pastor messed up, if he, if he came after you or he, he, he messed up really bad and he had to step down or they ran him off or whatever the case is, and you say, well, I'm just not doing it no more, forget it. Where did your loyalty really lie? Was it in your pastor? Now, a pastor deserves every drop of respect that they deserve. Absolutely. And you should give it to them. So don't, don't think I'm saying that. I'm simply saying it does happen. And if you fall with them or if you quit serving the Lord Jesus Christ because one person did, who were you really following? Where was your loyalty really lying? Because people will fall. People will mess up. And it may be you. It may be me. I'm going to do everything I can not to. Should we love them people when they do that? Absolutely we should. Because it isn't but, but the grace of God that you're not there or you didn't do it. So show others the love that you would want to have. Amen. It's a, it's a, it's a choice every day. You're faced with that choice to be a spectator or a participant in the battle. I like what the hymn writer William Sherman, who wrote The Sound, The Battle, Cry. He wrote that hymn. He, he captured the, the Christian's warrior spirit perfectly when he said, Sound the battle cry, see the foe is nigh, raise the standard high for the Lord. Amen to that. Raise the standard high. Standards are a good thing. They're not legalist. Uh, legalist is when you're, when you're saying you have to do this, this, and this to be saved or to keep yourself saved. That's legalism. Having standards is a good thing. Even the golf course has got standards. You're not supposed to wear jeans. Having standards is a good thing. If you have standards in your church, even if you don't like them, hey, you need to say amen to that because those standards are there for a reason. 
Like he said in that hymn, sound the battle cry. See the foe is nigh, raise the standard high for the Lord. One man, when asked to renounce his loyalty to the king or, or lose his head on the chopping block, the Scottish Marxist of Huntley responded loudly and resoundly, you can take my head from my shoulders, but you will never take my heart from my king. Amen to that. May we all be like that. They may take my head. They may take my life. They may take my status. They may take my job. They may take my title. They may take my bank account. They may take my home. They may take my head, but they're never going to take my heart from the Lord Jesus Christ. They're never going to take my loyalty from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, these people were really facing getting their head chopped off. And he stood by what he said. You could take my head from my shoulders, but you won't take your heart, my heart, from my king. We're going to look at Joshua chapter 1, verse number 2 now. Joshua chapter 1, verse 2 through 5. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that shall I give unto you. As I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Boy, there's so much good stuff in that verse right there. When God promised you something and he says it's yours and no man can take it from you. He said, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never forsake you. Amen. And that promises to us too in the New Testament. And once you're saved, the Bible says you're still into the day of redemption. You may have a lot of you may have a lot of troubles in this life, but the battle's already won. The battle is already won. And I like what he says, as I was with Moses. You know, you can look back in the Bible, you can look back in history. You can look Look back at, at, at some of the martyrs and say, I know that God was with them. I know that God was with them men in the, in, in the Bible with Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Paul. Just as much as he was with them, you can say, I know that he's going to be with me. Just like he promised Joshua. Just like I was with Moses, so will I be with you. See, because God never changes. He's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's the same forever. Amen. Thank God for that, because me and you change by the minute. Our mood change, our attitude change. This is change, that change. God never changes. Amen. For those of you that don't like change, hey, for those of you that don't like change, you should love that. God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So in preparation for leadership here, we find that Joshua was he was Joshua was totally in tune with what Moses wanted with the what the wishes were of God's man that he had in his life. And, and while we think of Moses as one of God's all-time great men, and he is, but you can easily say that Joshua just thought of him as God's ordained leader in his life. This is who God has in my life. This is who I'm learning from. This is who I'm supposed to follow. And there's nothing wrong with following somebody. Even Paul said that. Follow, follow me as I follow Christ. 
As long as that person's following Christ, according to what Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. There is nothing wrong with following another person as long as they're following Christ. And if they ever do, then you stop following them. But that's the only time. So Joshua was very, very much in tune with what Moses wanted, with, with what Moses expected from him. Amen. Let's read now Numbers chapter 14, verse 6 through 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephnah, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. This is the promised land. Verse number 8. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring it us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only Reba, rebel, not ye against the Lord, neither ye for ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. One of Joshua's first important jobs was that of being a spry. If you remember the story of the 12 spies, he infiltrated, reporting the land that was promised, that was promised by God to Israel. Joshua was part of those 12 spies. Joshua, and not only was he part of it, he also had to accept that responsibility of that task. And that, that was a responsibility of which only 12 men from the entire nation of Israel were deemed worthy. How many were there? I don't know. Millions, I guess. Hundreds of thousands. But they only picked 12 to go in and be the spies. And Joshua just happened to be one of them. That should say a lot about his leadership abilities. That should say a lot about him as a man, as a soldier. That he was chosen to be one of the men to go in and spy on the land. But he also had to accept that. Listen to me. God has chosen you for certain things, but you have got to accept that. You have got to realize God called me to that. And he'll give me the power to do it and the ability to do it and the money to do it and, and the means to do it. But I have to accept it first. God calls a man to preach, but he has to accept that calling. He has to answer that calling. The same with your life, whatever it is. Maybe God didn't call you to preach. God called you to do something else. But you still have to accept that calling and be obedient to the Lord. So Joshua accepted that God's will could and would be done. Although they were clearly, clearly, clearly in, in the minority, he returned from his expedition believing that God could and God would deliver that land into their hands. And listen to me. We need people like that today. Though we might be in the minority that believe that God can, but we know that God can and will accomplish His purpose. God, listen to me, God can and God will accomplish His purpose. And He wants to use you to do it. And if you don't accept it, God will call somebody else. God's work will be done. But make no mistake, God wants to use you. Twelve spies, ten of them said it can't be done. Ten of them said, you can't do it. We can't do it. Only two of them actually believed what God said, or God can do what he said he's going to do. And as I was reading that passage, I was thinking about life 
and it came to me. I thought about the 80-20 rule. And I believe that applies here. And if you don't know what the 80-20 rule is, on any given job, 20% of the people do 80% of the work, if not more. And it's that way at a church, too. And it's that way at your business. It's that way everywhere. It's the 80-20 rule. 80% of the people don't do much. 20% of the people do more than what they actually should. The 80-20 rule. I don't know if that fully applies here, but I do know that 10 out of the 12 didn't believe, but two of them did, and Joshua was one of them. Believe that God can, and more importantly, believe that he will accomplish what he said he would. God said, I'll do it. I'll, I'll give it into your hands. And Joshua believed it. Do you believe what God has told you in your life? Do you believe what God has told you in his word? Make sure you're part of that too. That 20%. Amen. Joshua chapter 5 verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Isn't that great? Joshua looked up, saw a man standing over there, and he had a sword in his hand. He went right to him and he said, Hey, are you for our adversaries? Are you for us? He was direct and he was to the point. He wanted to know. Verse 14, and this is what the man said. And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord? unto his servant and if you're wondering who joshua was speaking to there joshua was speaking to the captain of the host of the lord who is the captain of the host of the lord the lord jesus christ that's who he was speaking to that's who he's about to get his orders from that's who was giving him wisdom direction and power listen to me when you approach the Lord Jesus Christ, you realize that he is the captain of the host of the Lord. You ask him what he wants you to do. You fall on your face like Joshua did and realize that he's about to give you direction. He's about to give you power. He's, and he's about to tell you how you can, it can be done. All you simply have to do is be obedient. You know what Joshua had to do to win the battles? Joshua had to be obedient to the captain of the host of the Lord in order to be successful for the Lord. You're not going to go and tell God how you're going to do it and then ask him to bless it. No, sir, no, ma'am. As I'm guilty of, and I promise you're guilty of it too. We go and we tell God, this is what I'm going to do for you. Will you bless it, Lord? No, no. We need to fall on our face and receive the orders from the captain of the host of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, and be obedient and believe that he has the power, he has the will, he has the means, he has the way, he can open the door, he can shut the door, he can do whatever he likes. But I just simply need to be obedient in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Just like Joshua did here. He even went on verse 15 and said, And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe off thy foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground and Joshua did so and Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel none went in and none came out and the Lord said unto Joshua see I have given into thine hand Jericho the king thereof and the mighty men 
of valor. He hadn't even picked up a sword yet, but he said, the battle's already won. He said, see, I've already given it to you. If you're born again, if you're saved, if you're living for the Lord, you listen to me. Just like he said, I have, see, I have given thee. I have given thee victory. Here it is. The battle is already won. Simply be obedient. Amen. And serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Take your orders from him. Follow what he says. Do what he says. Show him where your loyalty lies in his word. Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.